If you feel you have been victimized or exported by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466-4666. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. This is the Notes from the Pen podcast, and I am the captain, Freddie Schnertzarella. And of course, with me, behind the Constantine wire in an MDOC facility, I have Chino. Bobby, what say you? Hey, we're doing a special outdoor edition, last day of freedom. There's a, a looming LOP hurricane on the horizon, so I got a lot I got a lot of windows to board up and uh, branches to cut down and, you know, garden hoses to bring inside, lawn chairs, all that shit. So, you got to hoard water. Uh, hoard water. Hoard water. Get the generator inside the house. I want that thing running heavy inside the house with the windows closed. <laughs> and uh, we got a lot of things going on. And so we figured we were going to do an addition today because uh, it's yesterday. And all uh, the captains out there cruising around on a female beach cruiser, which we were discussing briefly before, that, uh, how ridiculous it is that we have bikes that are gendered. Not only are they, like, gender-specific bikes, that they seem to be backwards because the, the guy, quote-unquote, guy bikes have the bar closer to the most sensitive um, areas on a man, and the female-specific bike seems to be the one safer for men to ride. So you go figure. Yeah. You're riding a female bike. Well, I like like you said, I don't really uh my bike's uh non binary. It's uh not gender specific. But in the classic sense of the word, it would be it was a, a female. A yes, yes. And I guess to add more to it, it was a former girlfriend's bike and when she decided uh that I was a scumbag and yeah, to do something smart and get the hell away from me. <laughs> she, uh, she left her bicycle and in this outdoor edition, can I, uh, let me just try to attempt, um, to paint the picture of what I'm staring at here. I went a little, uh, I'm not in the studios. I'm standing on a bench in the far Western quadrant of a place called the Vieira wetlands. So this is like a, a place that's sort of a water management area in my area. Now, it's kind of nice. So it's a bunch of big ponds that get flooded to clean the water. So, you know, well, however that process works, I forget what it's called, but the denitrification, all that stuff that's in the water gets cleaned up because of all the little sawgrasses and the cattails and the pickerel weeds and there's palm trees everywhere. And there's alligators, birds everywhere. So I don't know. I thought I'd get a little exercise, and I thought I'd, you know, come out and smell the roses. By the way, Bobby, one of the things I was thinking as I was – oh, it's, I should mention this. Usually you can take a car through here. So that's good for, like, older folks that want to go see nature but don't really want to get out and be, like, next to an alligator. But uh, it's closed off to, to uh, vehicular traffic. So you can only be on a bike or walk out here. 
and I am the only person I see out here. The, well, I, I take that back. There is some uh, scientist dudes that are in uh, a kayak uh, testing for <laughs> testing for muck uh, to see if they need to demuck one of the spots. And uh, I, as you go through stuff, I might just interrupt with all the birds and wildlife I'm seeing. Yeah. You should. And like at the beginning, I'd like to say this. What a beautiful picture you painted. And I feel like it's only right for me to paint the picture on this side. The sun is out. The sun is shining here, which is rare <clears throat> lately. And I'm sure it's going to be the last time for a while. So it's just a... I'm going to choose to see less of a fuck you from nature and more of like a, here's your last before you go on LSD. And uh, we're out on a, a blacktop that's been left to uh, be weathered and destroyed by time and just general lack of upkeep for about the last 70 years. There's um, a guy, it's pretty chilly out here in a white t-shirt running by, which is only running because I don't know what else to call it because it's really like, imagine if you were speed walk striding and refusing to bend your knees. Uh, he runs like that all the time. I don't know what. The rest of the mod squad out here looks like they could be uh, central casting for, uh, I don't know, Walking Dead or um, Breaking Bad. And so uh, that's my six flex. Yeah, equal, equally beautiful. Just uh, you got to see it from a different beautiful. different perspective. Yeah. No, no scientists. <laughs> no, there's a uh, boat tail grackle. That's uh, getting awful noisy over here. I think I'm going to go check him out. There was also, uh, oh, you know, I just gave the bird a him moniker. I don't know. If, well, it is a male, so I'm, I'm going st to stick wow. with it. It's a male. I'm going to stick with it. Okay. And um, I just saw a uh, roseate spoonbill fly by. Those are uh, often mistaken as uh, flamingos because they're bright pink. But if you look up close to them, they're, uh, they got a, a spoonbill. I just saw a meth head with literally about four teeth in his head fly by just now. So, all right, I'm going to get back on. I'm not going to say he was winning, but I'm going to get back on the um, the bench. Get up on there. Well, I did, and I did a look around for. Uh, yeah, well, I like to call it the chariot of freedom. Chariot of freedom. It's pedal. one of the ways to you know it's a female bike is it's really passive aggressive. <laughs> It's uh, Pedal Force One. Might, might sound a little windy. How's the wind mitigation? Also the nickname for your bike. Windy? Yeah, female name. Okay. I'll support that. Looks like we got some buzzards up above, specifically black vulture and turkey vulture. Those are fun. Lots of GBH. Okay. Great blue heron. Well, Glossy ibis. Gallinule. I wonder how many, um, how many of the you know this more? How many of the birds migrate down there from up here in the winter time? Oh, I feel like are sandhill cranes only local to you know, like the south down there? No, not whatsoever. In fact, you you can hunt them in Minnesota. Because I feel like I see them. I'm like that looks like a sandhill crane, like flying up. You know what I mean? Yeah, the sandhills go all the way up into Canada, to southern Canada, as far as I know, and. uh they, of course, when it gets uh, snowy, I imagine they come to the south. Yeah. It's nice. It's sunny, nice. partly cloudy, slight breeze. It's also pretty cool to be out here all by yourself. Yeah, that's something I really miss. I really miss that. I was coming back from a visit, a video visit the other day, uh, the other night. Like, 
I don't know, eight o'clock. And I had like this brief little like 20 yard stroll from the control center where no one was around. And like, if I, I like to like lower my head. So all I can see is like my feet and, uh, the general surroundings, basically excluding anything that screams prison and, uh, try to put my mind in a place like, Oh, like for all intents and purposes right now, I could be free. Like, this is what it would look like at least if I was like walking on some shitty old fucking neighborhood in Detroit or something. But, uh, I don't know. Those things are nice. Miss that shit. Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, go ahead, Bobby. Well, I just wanted to bring up that, uh, that I can't, the disparity or the difference between the amount of freedom right now on this phone is, I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty stark. I mean, this compound is maybe, I don't know, five square miles, eight square miles. So, but you know, I'm on a bike. I got a Gatorade. I got you on the phone and I, Oh, there's a Comerant. And you know, I, I can do anything I want. I could probably be naked right now and nobody would give a flip. I am. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. I don't think so. That'd be sus. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm on this university of Michigan creative arts project mailer because I, Oh, got a few things published in. Uh, no big deal. Anyways, they keep you on the mailer so that I don't have to submit anything in here, but they keep sending you the mailer. And um, it's kind of cool. It keeps you updated. They let you know what they're doing. And I was just skimming through it. Usually it's like a column with like junk mail. But I was skimming through it, and there's this project that, and it's kind of. You have one minute remaining. So this this guy who has been who had been who had done a ten year bit is out now and he's like working with them and he's doing, I think it's a YouTube video series and it's called, I might get this wrong. LOP life. I think it's called, um, or life on LOP or something like that. And it's basically addressing all these like mental health concerns. People are talking about since the coronavirus lockdown and the isolation people are feeling and this, that, and the other thing. And from my understanding of the, of, of reading it, it seems kind of cool because it seems like it's both, informative like this is what we do this is what we had to do this is how we maintained our sanity but i think it's also like hey stop fucking complaining because this is what we had to do you know what i mean a little bit and uh maybe it's not that harsh but not pretty cool you know i think a lot of people out there that's like a good idea a, a good example of perspective thank you for using gtl so i was just saying that that's a it's a good uh it's a good example of how your perspective can control things. And I was kind of going over this with the neighbor kid who is on LOP for 53 days now. I decided, Wendy. Yeah, I'm trying to get to a little bit better spot. So we can feel free to let me know that. There's a little observation deck. I'm gonna. I'm kind of interested in getting under, so I can duck the wind, and hopefully you can be. You'll be able to hear the uh, grackles and the. Uh, the uh, red winged blackbirds. They're having a. They're, they're getting a little busy with the. With the calls. All right. So. <laughs> you've been you've been in Florida, Bobby. So uh, this shelter is kind of old and rickety, and uh, there's no one else out here. And I just go. Like a gazebo. No, think of it more of like a dock, 
but then there's also a structure above it. So it's like a two story. So if I wanted to go up top to take photos or just get a bigger look, so I'm underneath. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there's paper wasps and mud daubers, but as soon as I get out to the end, it's got palm trees on every side of it. And, um, a major rustling in the bushes as, <laughs> as soon as I got to the end. And it kind of scared the bejesus out of me because, you know, <laughs> wasn't expecting to be, uh, you know, walking up on any critters. Right, exactly. Yeah. Probably just your friendly neighborhood yeah, otter. So while you're uh, trying to avoid being the most recent victim of a Florida panther, I uh, I was talking to the neighbor kid about kind of the shit, the, the LO, the series, I guess that's on YouTube they're working on, these little 10-minute videos, about like helping people through the shit. <laughs> and I was telling him, and he's like, he just started rattling off. He goes, yeah, that does kind of suck for him. And then he just, we just started kind of, he started listing off the stuff that they still get to do. And then it became like a thing, like who could name more things kind of, we were going through it. And he's like, yeah, but they can still like leave their room and go to the fridge and eat whatever they want. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, and they can uh, watch Netflix, they have internet connection, they have YouTube, they have podcasts, they have radio. And he's like, uh, you know, we're going back and forth. And he's like, and then Dawson goes, they can have sex with people. <laughs> and I go, yeah, they can fuck people. Like, that's a big one. Like, that's not, all right. And that's, as soon as he said that, it was like, all right, settle down out there. You guys are fine. You guys can go outside, right? You guys can go outside. You can go in your car and just drive through fucking towns and look at shit, right? You got, I mean, I know you're, uh, you might not be taking advantage of all those things, but you're doing a lot more than, uh, most people. You're out there and, you know, avoiding panthers. And tricolored heron, great egret, and snowy egret. Oh, I seen a bald eagle uh, on the way in, and a red-shouldered hawk. But they're pretty common. So are eagles. <laughs> are you in an aviary? Are you in the Brevard uh, Brevard Zoo aviary? There's just that many goddamn birds around, dude. Uh, um, in the distance, a, there's around here. Oh yeah. I wonder what type. I mean, I don't see him right now, but we do. And then uh, we have at Oaks, we had this big ass white owl that would fly around. Oh, awesome! It's probably a barn owl. Big old white owl. In the distance, there's like a, I don't know two dozen big white birds. They're egrets, and they're just uh, I don't know. It's like a little rookery over in that corner. Maybe I should go investigate. When, uh, when the big uh, when the big birds show up, the hawks and stuff. All the seagulls are gone, and then all the little ground squirrels are nowhere to be found. Hmm. You guys, we don't have ground squirrels down there. Like some little weird looking, almost like a mix between a squirrel and a hamster. You mean in Florida? Yeah. No, we don't. Uh, we have uh, just the gray squirrel and the um, the Sherman's fox squirrel. I, I'm, I'm screwing that up somehow. Yeah, they're not even. They're called ground squirrels. They don't even really look like squirrels. They don't have like the long tail and shit. They have a little nubby tail. They hide in holes in the goddamn ground. Are you talking about chipmunk? Cool little... Nope, nope. They're they're smaller than a chipmunk. They literally look like an oversized. They're kind of like hamsterish. Um, like almost like a blend between a hamster and like a, a chipmunk. They're weird. They're running around. They're little tiny little things. About the size of a, a driver's license. They got a big-ass bird coming in. It's flapping like it might be another bald eagle. 
No, I don't see it. Damn it. I, did, I left the binoculars in the truck. That's probably a rookie mistake on my end. It was. I'm disappointed in you. Well, um, we plan on having a little event a little late, later today. We're kind of looking forward to something different. Yeah, I think we can talk about it. Uh, Freddie's going to try to host a little um, NFTP um, Zoom chat. And, uh, fucker, buzzard flew right over my head, kind of caught my attention. Um, and, uh, we're going to see if this zoom chat, which of course Bobby's going to come in on. And I, you know what I kind of wonder is the institution going to think that you got multiple people on the phone? Okay. No. I mean, come on. Well, yesterday went by smoothly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, and well, I mean, if you're, let, let me know that. Let's say you call you call Mama C. She can't put it on speakerphone, and you can talk to uh, you know pops and yeah. I mean, why, why wouldn't the whole family sit around the dining room ta- dining room table and and talk to their? They just uh, they just do what they they can uh, when they can. You know, the neighbor kid just caught a ticket because he's doing months of LOP and he's got family out there and they used to let us check in with our family if we were on LOP to make sure everyone was dying out there from the pandemic. And so he wrote a message and said, hey, so his sister or whoever, hey, get on my buddy's JPay so if there's an emergency, you can message him or whatever and then he can let me know. And this isn't even a, a policy. They wrote him a ticket for it for fear, interfering with administrative rules. And he got down there and he said, well, well, what, like, what the fuck's up? Like, what do you expect us to do? Like, this is why you, for a while, you were letting us, you know, uh, contact our people on LOP just to check in with them. And, it's morning, and, it, and the guy said, well, none of you guys have corona anymore. And he, to which he said, well, why, if that's the case, why isn't this place opened up? Right. Why can't we go to the wave pits? And he goes, well, it doesn't work like that. Well, of course it doesn't, because you say it doesn't. And it just fits whenever the fuck you want it to fit. You know what I mean? But you're steady laying people down for months at a time. And it's not about, hey, dummy, it's not about just them checking on us. It's about us making sure they're okay. And it's not done out there, stupid. All right, let me turn and face the sun and try to enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it so I get fucking uh, Your last day? fired up about the goddamn stupidity of this fucking place. And, uh, yeah, so while you guys are uh, sad sapping about having to watch another uh, rerun of uh, Shit's Creek, shows out there on Netflix, um, I, I'd only be in a prison, and not only in a prison one of the only prisons in Michigan that's actually in a lockdown. And not only will I be in prison and one of the only now I can't leave the blacktop for eight months, I go to my hearing today and I'll probably and I will be in a prison in Michigan that's locked down in my cell for a couple of weeks without any contact with anybody. So um you guys stay strong out there. I know our viewers are pretty resilient. They're not exactly the whining uh, remember that, and if there's anyone that's uh, annoyingly uh, is complaining around you, you can kind of shit on them. Like, yeah, well, yeah, it could be worse. You know, so. Yeah, but I'm not in prison because I'm not a criminal. Yeah, 
yeah, but you are. Just haven't been caught. Well, I'm not a violent criminal. Well, yeah, you are. You just haven't been caught. You just haven't had an accident. Yeah, you just had you just had better luck. Like I said, that that's all comfort food. That's all mental comfort food to think, but it's not true. You know, it's true. Unless you're someone who's there's there might be one or two. I'm probably not many of our viewers, but they're like, I have never drank a beer and got behind the wheel. I mean, maybe there's someone like that, but they're come on. That person's probably uh, watching child porn, so <laughs> or whatever weirdo shit that has to uh, express itself in a different way. If you've never drank a goddamn beer and decided to slalom the parking lot of Walmart in your Civic. So, uh, hey, when I was, uh, you, you know how I have a, uh, a weird affinity for uh, right-wing talk radio? So the, yeah. the local program I was listening to on the way in this morning, and a guy calls in, and it's a, you know, you know how they run these things. It's uh, you know, let's bash five. Well, explain. Oh, hold on. Affinity. Your affinity is like people watching. It's not that you agree with this shit. Oh no, no, no. I don't. But it's uh, it helps me build my my characters. It helps. You know, it it's fun. It, so this oh, guy's it's people watching. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like uh, older. It's like boomer man watching you know it's like if my dad could be in a conversation this is the conversation he would be having and it's (laughs) i mean but it's it's predictable it's funny and the guy's going on and on about all the horrible things you know biden is going to uh pick a topic and biden's going to you know he's going to let all the mexicans come in biden's if biden gets elected he's going to tax the shit out of every all of us if biden's elected you know and he he finally hits. He'll let all the criminals out of prison. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. all right, bud. Listen, I, I, how I have to feel. I have to think that a lot of people's uh, ideological positions, well, uh, particularly one strain, like the people that would be listening or calling into these uh, right wing uh, talk shows. I feel like they base. All their ideological stand stances on fear. Eighties movies and eighties movies. Yeah, just like weird, like over, like over the top, exaggerated hyperbole of situations. That's not equal, not even close to reality. It doesn't need to match any reality. But yeah, fear. Fear is a big thing, and like. The, I don't know. There's a big thing where it's like, we're not snowflakes. We're not pussies. And then in the, in the same breath, I'll go on to complain about all the things they're terrified about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up then. You're, oh, you're John Wayne, but you're terrified of a couple of Mexicans. Uh, a black family moved into your neighborhood. Yeah. 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 But you're a tough guy at the same time. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's what I, speaking of John Wayne. There's another thing I've noticed about uh, a certain age of American. You know how I often wear, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. I call it a buff, but some people might call it a net gator or, you know, it's like a face covering yeah. to keep uh-huh. the sun off, you know, keep the uh, skin cancer uh, at bay for a little while longer. Well, because of the whole Corona deal, uh, I have masks, but I typically just double up my face guard and I don't wear it like under my ears. I wear it like I would wear, you know, out in the sun and I cover my ears and, you know, just, just my eyes under the brim of my hat is pretty much all you can see of me. 
And when I circumcised penis. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Um, that's what the guy to the COs here that wear that shit look like. There's a bald dude, and I'm like, oh, oh that's not perfect. Circumcised penis walking around. Right. Perfect. You could just draw a little uh, eye on top, and it would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. So I noticed that uh, even from my parents who are out in the sun a bunch, and my dad's always getting uh, you know stuff froze off his face that are could be different skin cancers, uh, you know. Uh, and they're always reticent to wear it, and I feel like the American, the somewhere around 55 years old uh, and above, don't want their face covered because they watch too many like spaghetti westerns in the 70s or something. But, you know, like, oh, dude, are you coming in to rob the place? I mean, that's literally what they ask me, and I'm like, I, you know, I'm in a bright rainbow face covering. I, I'm, what are you talking? Like, why would my face being covered? During a pandemic, what the f- huh? But I see they're slowly adopting it, and like you said, uh, the the CEOs, even all the coaches on the football on the NFL sideline, they seem to be wearing them. So I, I guess it's uh, Florida's a special. There's a spe- yeah, that's a special breed down there. That's a special breed down there. I mean, I, I don't even need to elaborate. There, that's a special fucking squad down there. You got down there, man. Yeah, you would think, though, with the amount of uh, older people and the amount of sunshine and skin cancer, like, everybody should be covered up as best they can when they go out in the sun. I wish you were able to smell what it smells like out here. It's uh, I don't I don't miss that. It's probably, like, swampy. No, I think it's lovely. It's a, uh, It just smells like nature. I don't know. It's, a, it's not stinky. I did go through a spot earlier that uh, must be either somebody's growing marijuana or a skunk left a little bit of a, a little offering, but it wasn't, you know, super stinky. Yeah. There's a, I have, I have a feeling that's going to be a really jarring thing. It's like uh, the smells out there. Belted kingfisher. Oh, what's that? What's what? The noise. Uh, the wind? Is that what it is? Oh, it's just a whistling. Probably. I had to switch directions. No birds around making noises? Yeah, there's lots of them. I don't know. Oh, here's a uh, Sora. It's like a little, it's like a little, uh, the size of a chicken, but it just likes to kind of hang out on top of the lily pads. And this one's on a crump of, uh, of like dead cattails. Something squeaking in the bushes here, or in the cattails. I can't find it. I did hear a cardinal earlier, but I didn't see him. You know, I never paid attention to any of that shit when I was down there. Yeah, but you would recognize it. If you saw a rosy spoonbill, you'd be like, oh, I know what that is. I've seen those before. Yeah, I don't know it by name, though. Yeah, well, I'm a bird nerd. And a nature dork, so I don't know. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I wish uh, I would be totally into the positive. I'd be like, oh, look at that thing. And I'd crouch down next to it as close as I could. And then get bit. Or your eyeballs pecked at. A small target. <laughs> Is, uh, what do you think about this? I want to ask you this, and it's—I don't know how much of a response. It's more 
I don't need like an answer as much as just to like, what do you think about this? So, uh, you know, but I've been talking to, I've been talking to this chick who's, uh, who's cool. And, uh, broad. We use the term broad. Talking to this fucking broad. And, uh, you know, it's the first, uh, first female I've talked to in prison that I've actually like, like, oh, this is interesting. I like her. You know what I'm saying? It's, actually like intrigued or whatever you fuck you want to say anyways that's not that's the side sport now she has friends that are liberal like young and she's, she's a lot younger than in her 20s and uh and understandably so at first right like so understandably so they're like whoa 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 so like you're talking to a dude in prison like first of all what's wrong with you Second of all, be careful. He's probably up to this, that, and the other. Right? So it's understandable at first, right? And then I sat, I sat down and like thought about. It. I'm gonna wait for that the wind to stop a little bit. Okay, how's my wind mitigation? I'm uh, sitting on a bench. Oh, and there's another lizard. This one's maybe six foot. But he's right at the uh, the size where it's like, ah, uh, I don't think I really want to. What an iguana? No. A water lizard. A lit. Oh, there's the one I. Yeah, an alligator. There's the one I scared off the bench. He's not that big. He's only like four or five foot. And and he's he's doing the the thing where I. Huh? They want no smoke. Like everyone's like, you see gators? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you're not afraid? I'm like, no, they don't, they don't want these problems. They run away. No, the big ones you worry about, but like the little ones, you ain't worried about that. No, this one just come flying off the, uh, when I rode my bike next to him, uh, he, it scared the shit out of him. He went, ju- uh, you know, diving into the water, which kind of scared me. Big splash right next to me. But you know, he's leaving. He's not, you know. But anyway, he's, um, you know, he's got his head up and that's all you can see is his head as he's swimming. And Ding Dong, I guess he thinks he's camo or something because he's got like uh, cattail stalks all over his snout as he's like, he's stopped now. He's just kind of hanging out, kind of eyeballing me. Not in a menacing way, but like, uh, is that human going to do something to me? Your little, you know, your little brother, this won't surprise you at all, on uh, the Tillman Canal when it would rain and there'd be like a little, occasionally you'd see a little gator there, a little small one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On the banks or something. Your brother would, this big thing was uh, trying to cast and like foul hook it or get it to swallow, you know what I mean? To try to catch it. Fucking... Naturally. And then and then hook it and then not know what to do about getting the hook out of the alligator. Yeah, yeah. From the uh, little, little footbridge going over the uh, the water there. Okay, so this is what I was saying. So, understandably, you know, if your sister was, like, all of a sudden you had no experience with, like, people in prison and shit, you might be like, I don't know. Maybe you might not be, but you could understand how someone might be like, whoa, let's be careful. What's up with that? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I was told this, and there's a part of me that's like, yeah, whatever, I understand. But but then I went back to myself and, and thought about it, and one of the people is... uh. And I'm not, like, trying to vilify anyone. It doesn't make me a goddamn hypocrite. But one of them is a gay black dude who, I was thinking about it later, I go, man, um, out of all the people who might know what it's like to be 
stereotyped by titles that society gave them, it would probably be a gay black dude. And so for a gay black dude to be so quick to bite on the, the, the label felon and just have me pigeonholed as someone who's doing harm to people who can't have good intentions really was like, made me not mad at that person, but made me see how fucking pervasive the, um, and how effective the, um, the stereotyping has been of people in prison. Like, why is that the first thing you go to? Oh yeah. He must be a scumbag. He has addiction problems or mental health problems or whatever. And that's like something like 65% of the people in here have addiction or mental health problems. So they must be pieces of shit. How are you talking to them? Why are you talking to one of them? Be careful. They're, you know, they're pieces of shit. And it, it just kind of fucked me up. And it made me realize like, oh shit, like, yeah, like we are persona non grata. And it's not even something like if you said that about a black person, if you were like, oh, you're dating a black dude, you know, they're violent or whatever the fuck. Oh, he probably sells drugs. You'd sound like an asshole, right? At least, and that happens, but you sound like a prick and most of the society would be like, hey, what? oh, you sound like a jackass. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, be careful. He's right. Yeah. Maybe realize like how entrenched that thought is. Say, well, think of, I, I'm, if I, I'm, of course, I'm going to do this because I'm an asshole. But I, I'm like trying to equate it to myself. Like, okay, addiction issues, check. Mental health issues, check. Not in prison. Oh, Jeremy's a lovable guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now, now put me in prison, and now all of a sudden I'm a scumbag, and you shouldn't talk to me on the phone because I'm trying to either victimize you somehow, build money from you somehow. You know, I, the list goes on and on, only because you know, I had an accident or I was involved in an accident or, you know. Or I made a fucking mistake. Even if it's not me, even if it's not someone, me and Joe's situation, but someone who had a tough upbringing and made a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're a piece of shit, man. You're less than human. Yeah, Blaze like, is at a, a hotel room party. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to know you. You're less than. You're not... And it made me go, Jesus Christ. Like, as if the tattoos and all that shit weren't... Like, that, that shit kind of prepared me to be kind of, like, viewed as an outsider a little bit. But, like, this is, like, a whole different level of, like, of, of prejudice stereotyping. And if a gay black dude can do that um, reactionarily, like, uh, out of a reaction without thinking about it, it just made it settle in even more. Like, there's a thing... It doesn't make it any more right, but there's you respect it more from like a privileged uh, white girl from like a gated community, Karen, or, or someone's mom. Yeah, I can't. okay, but when you yourself are at the at the at a high of being a stereotyped and prejudged group, and you're so willing to do that to someone else, it's kind of just startling to me, and goes, wow, like yeah, we're. They've done a good job of dehumanizing us. And Especially when you're in your 20s and you're a gay black person and you're in your 20s. You're, you're naturally liberal. You're liberal, yeah. But no, oh, prison? Fuck them. Well, I talked to uh, her about that the next day and was like, yeah, it kind of fucked me up. And she brought up a good point. She's real. She's smart. And she, she was like, well, yeah, I see this a lot. Like, people have all these 
theoretical beliefs until they affect them personally, and they don't. They're just these things they hold in their mind, but they don't live by any of them. So it's like, yeah, it's liberal. They're all people until someone's talking to one you actually know, and then you're like, oh, hold on, he's probably a piece of shit. You know what I mean? So it's like all these theoretical beliefs that that everyone stops. A lot of people stop short of putting into practice. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is goes directly back to what you've brought up in the past. How, you know. Well, you've talked about this, but from a standpoint of being an inmate where you're like, you know, it must be nice to be able to have these different ideals and never have to practice them. But when you get to prison, you know, hanging out with Barb might not be the, you know, best idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, and I kind of think, I think I, inter- I like went back to that because the word privileged it like comes to mind, like it's a privilege or a luxury or a privilege to be able to have theoretical ideas about stuff. But and I, I, I want to say this: I'm not completely immune to it. I wasn't out there like fighting for prisoner rights, and I, I maybe didn't have initially, immediately, because just the type of people I grew up around. I didn't have immediately like, oh, he's a piece of shit thing. But if you would have said my sister was talking to uh, someone in prison, I think I would have been like, what do you like? What's up? Other well, other than my sister's super, I don't worry about my sister. She's she's smart. I know she's doing something for a reason. But I I could have felt a twinge of that at some point too. So I'm not saying, you know, because for it to for it to be as entrenched as a belief system like just pounded into us culturally, if that's true, then obviously I was susceptible to it too. You know, I, I'm sure I felt that stuff before. I can't. I mean, I can't recall any specific times, but I, I'm sure I did. I would have been like, no, I don't want my sister talking to someone in prison. You know? Yeah, because it's part of our our culture. Regardless, here's the thing that makes a human being. Um, here's what grants access to a human being to my island. Right? One of the one of the must have is. You have to be willing to assume there are things that that culturally, as you would say, are baked into your subconscious, and understanding that, be willing to look critically at any of your ideas or thought processes and examine them ruthlessly and say, well, this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. And that's one of the benefits I have. I'm not always right, but if I have a belief and I'm going to stand on it. There's a reason I am. And if there's new evidence that disproves um, using reason or logic for what I'm saying, I'll go, oh, yeah, that does make better sense. And not only do I not run from changing my mind, I actually like it feels good to do because I get new evidence and be like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. I never thought of it like that and switch and switch it. So I think my favorite people are or what makes a great human being or a tolerable human being. It's someone who's willing to be ruthlessly self-critical of their thoughts, ideals, and belief systems. And uh, it's one of the reasons my favorite word in the English language is Because, you know, it means someone willing to take on and take down and have no reverence for sacred beliefs or ideas. And, uh, and you have that, and so you can call yourself, you can say you're baked and racist. Or, but if you say that about yourself, then everyone has that also, that tribalism for themselves, too. Then black people also have that, and Asian people also have that, and Mexican people have that for other races. and You know what I mean? Because we're just tribalistic entities as a species. 
but yeah, I mean, I yeah, agree. And no one benefits greater though than you know, Chad McWhiterson. That that it yeah, that that's just who's been who's been uh, winning lately. But yeah, yeah, and and that's who the uh, the whole. See, this is one of the things that happens when you start saying that is that there's poor white people in West Virginia that are struggling and they've been poor their whole goddamn life and they've worked their fingers and they go, well, wait, what do you mean? Like, my life's fucked. Like, I got a dirt floor and, like, three brothers died in a goddamn coal mine and uh, I don't have health care. My mom has cancer and I'm fucking patching the roof up with blue tarp. And they're, they're not feeling white privilege in the way that I think they would recognize you know what I mean? And that's when it becomes a, a more of an economic thing than a racial thing. Absolutely. Which is possibly even a, a larger problem, if that's possible. Yeah, because they could give a... I think that a lot of the powers of people could give a fuck less if, if, if they're what color you are. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't like black people, but if I'm making money off them, then they can come to my house. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that trumps... The self-interest trumps their... Their, their hatred for others. And I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into that stuff. But, you know, I think that that's, that, I think, like, the misunderstanding of some of the things about white privilege is what makes poor white people lean towards Trump and stuff like that. Because he's tapping into that emotional thing that they're maybe, they don't even really know how to express of, like, where there's, they feel some sort of imposed guilt on them for nothing that they actively chose to do, other than they're just white. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for them to be getting told by, uh, you know, some smart person, some somebody that's, you know, been to university and, you know, is a more is a liberal-based person, for that person to say that the poor coal miner guy is a dummy – you're dumb for liking Trump. That's only going to like make them like Trump more because they don't identify with the the university grad. You know, they don't identify with the the nurse or the. You know what I mean? That's that's it's helping the divide. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bring it in, but yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Which is something I just did like a couple when we did our marathon the other day. I was ranting about how stupid Trump, <laughs> stupid Trump supporters are. I I think I think even George Bush kind of leaned into that. Like, oh, you're going to call me a dummy and make fun of the way I say the word nuclear? And well, good because my people are going to see that as a big, hey, welcome home. You know, come over to this side. We're not celebrate ignorance. Kinda, kinda because. I, I don't think they look at it as celebrating ignorance. They look at it as, yeah, well, we're not one of those snobs. We actually have to work hard for a living. We have we use a shovel or a sledgehammer or you know we we bust our ass and use our hands and our sweat, and we're not you know some academic you know and you whatever whatever it is you're trying to tell me, I'm not listening because we live in different worlds. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. We live in different worlds, and they're clearly different people. I was also recently thinking about how the term elite is used as derogatory and how silly that would look to like an alien species that came here. I'd be like, oh, like the smarter people, you're like, uh, you're like shitting on them for being smarter. Like, yeah, elite means. You think elite, you think elite, uh, when, if I was to say, I, go ahead. 
when I think of the term elite, I think of rich folks, uber rich. No, I no, I think they I think they're talking about the intellectual elite. Hmm. College professors and graduates and shit like that. And uh, book readers. Yeah, goddamn book literate fucks. I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> Where's my Mountain Dew? Listen, I, I don't know. Like in moments, and this is how I think everyone should be. And like, if I really put myself there, I can understand. Now, it doesn't mean I still would say to the people who I just gave like a caveat to about why it's like I could understand them supporting Trump. I would still say, hey, but stop acting off of emotion that you haven't broken apart and broken down to small pieces and figured out where that is and use some self-awareness and wonder why you feel guilt and realize that it is a guilt that's not your own. So so you maybe don't have to internalize it and be so angry about it and elect a red-faced fucking goon. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't take the onus off of them. I just acknowledge that that's a thing. I still think that it's on you to be self-aware, critical, and, and self-analytical and to go, oh, no, I'm acting off complete emotion, and it's a backlash, uh, uh, emotional backlash against something. And maybe I shouldn't make my decisions on emotional backlashes, and I should try you know what I mean? So I still hold them accountable for that, and I still think that they had a, a mental slash, you know, failing. Yeah, but they went to the same public schools that you went to, and you recognized that you were never taught or encouraged anything to do with critical thinking. But I have it. Right. So you just got, uh, you know, um, you just hit the lottery with, um, you know, your lineage. You just got lucky. Yes. Eugenics. Elite. Asian. Yep. <laughs> All right. We have one minute remaining. I think you, you start with the education system. Well, I, I was taking a shot at the education system just because you can get – I uh, hit the genetic uh, lottery and be equipped, you know, to have the horsepower to have critical thinking skills. You know, some people don't, but that doesn't mean they can't be taught or, you know, uh, encouraged. But here, super fair point, and it makes me go, yeah, why did I jump automatically to genetics? But that's uh, eugenics because that's because, like, I extrapolate the problem out. And I have been doing hard, like, hard and fast experiments with that, Right. My first monkey is a dum-dum, an ultimate dum-dum who, like, believes, um, like, Pizzagate type shit. He'll believe that stuff. And so I'm trying to teach him critical thinking. It's been an experiment of mine that's been going on for months now. It's not looking good, but... Mm. And I don't know if you can teach it. It's terrifying. Because I've really been trying. He'll nod along and he'll... Thank you for using GTL. Oh, yeah. I'm now laying on my back on the bench. Beautiful blue sky above me. Clouds just doing their thing, just rolling by slowly. Can you see the sun? The sun is uh, shaded by the back of the bench. So the clouds are lit up by the sun, but uh, I'm uh, fortunate enough to be in the shade, or at least my face is. I'm staring directly into the sun. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to do I have that. A, uh, I have a spot in my vision. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't, the, bifurcate, the bifurcation may have happened, you know what I mean? And uh, old, uh, my old homeboy, he might be on, you know, a different branch. And he just, 
you can tell him stuff and he wants to learn and he wants to like use critical thinking and you'll explain the terms critical thinking and you'll give him good examples and he'll go, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, right. And then he'll be like, um, whatever the last thing he heard on like Alex Jones or what, you know, whatever it is, he's just parroting back. And I go, wait a minute, well, think about this and I'll explain it. Oh my God, this is so funny. So he started rambling about, he started talking about eugenics, right? And killing people that have like, um, like multiple sclerosis and shit. Like they shouldn't be part of the gene pool, right? So I just let it alone. Did I tell you this before? No, no. So I, so I let it alone because it's like so low hanging fruit. I'm not so little uh, sensitive. Is he can handle it? So he's like, well, it doesn't make sense. And and I'm waiting in line for the phone. And every now and then I have to chime in. And I go, yeah, but what your problem is is like, where do you draw the line? So you're saying, first of all, he's naming shit that's like not even genetic. By you know what I'm saying? He's naming things that aren't even really genetic. And he's like, so you should kill them because they're fit, whatever. And he ends up going full circle to where the guidelines that I make him finally sit down on, like where, who you don't let. Now, and not only not eugenics, he's talking about killing them. I'm like, why wouldn't, like, why are you going so far? Like, even if you were right, why wouldn't you just stop them from breeding? He's like, well, I guess you could do that. <laughs> Anyways, I made him sit down on his ideas enough to where he, I said, well, where do you draw the line? Is it, uh, what do you have, scolios? Is that and he's like those impurities or whatever, and uh, Jesus to the point he gets to the point, and, and I'm like I I don't even have time to explain that hey you're talking about like Hitler shit and they've already tried it and the problem is how, who where do you draw the line and so I made him sit down on it and he the guidelines he created he didn't even pass <laughs> you know what I mean like he. He theorized himself out of existence. And, and I was like, you realize you don't qualify. And I said, so that means you die. And he goes, he has this moment. He stares off into the distance. And he goes, all right, this is going to sound stupid, but uh, this is going to kind of ruin my point. And I'm like, uh-huh. And he goes, I gave him a the, uh, the, the theoretical of like, yeah, you would be done. He goes, but you can't just go around randomly killing people because you decide so. And I'm like, and now the conversation's over. Like, yeah, yes, that's what the whole fucking thing was. But as soon as he aimed it towards himself and realized he just he just hypothesized himself out of existence, he was like, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. Well, he I mean, it, it, well, it, it took him a while, but he got to the the natural conclusion that took you point one second to get to. It took him a couple of days. So that's a, you know, that's maybe maybe he is doing some critical thinking skills. Good for him. I no, thought I thought it was going to be far more noble because I thought he was going to fall on the sword and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to have to take myself out." <laughs> no, no, that would have been at least like, well, that argument would have ended there, right? That would have been noble. Like, yeah, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't agree with you, but he doesn't see cause and effect with stuff, so he'll say something, and then he won't see the resulting effect, and you'll go, "Well, wait a minute, that would mean this." So he'll go, "Oh yeah, I guess you're right." And it's like, wait, what? How do you? How is that not like a net? All right, you get the same vote as I do. That's fair. Yeah, well, let's face it. Neither of you get to vote. Not now. We'll want to get out. This silly alligator has moved only a little bit. Alligator number two, he's shoved off and he's no longer in view. But this silly little one with the cattail still on his snout, like he's hiding from me. Yeah, you don't. You can't see him. Right. Well, I think that's what he thinks because it, it, the cattail starts on his nose and then goes like down the the side of his head and it goes passes right under his eye. 
And all he has out of the water is his eyes and his snout, which he thinks, I believe, is camoed due to the cattail. And he's like, I see you, human, on the bench. I keep an eye on you. Well, maybe it's like um, it's uh, blocking some of his view and his little walnut brain in there is like, well, if I can barely see him, he can barely see me. When I was young... Well, that's exactly what I think is going on. When I was super young... And I like the super like some of my first memories like still ha- like like still having like a diaper on like I remember being like oh I kind of got a shit and I don't want people to see and I'd stick my head behind like a recliner and I'd be like yep I'm hidden <laughs> just my head was hidden like my, my body was like sticking out and I was like this is privacy <laughs> so maybe that's what's going on. All right, I think uh, we've hit all the topics we probably need to hit. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it. Okay. We go. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, go to notesfromthepen.com. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.